Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome back to Who Knew, a Doctor Who podcast. I am your host, as always, Josh Carr, and I've got another guest. I have a guest every week. I don't know why I always sound so shocked, but um, I've brought another guest, and it's a great one. Someone who's returning to the podcast, but this time gets their own proper episode, all about them. Um, So let's flex the ego of Beth Axford. How are you? Hello, that was so not that's such a nice introduction. Yeah, it's all about me this time. <laughs> it is. It's all um, about you. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Thank you for having me. I'm still so like I'm so excited about your shelf again. I remember last time just being like you have the, the best shelf situ going on. I have not hidden anything this time. I know that when we were doing flux, because it's been nearly a year since you were on, which is, is oh, crazy. I know. That's gone that's um, gone so fast, I can't believe it. There's not really anything hidden on my shelf. There's there's one thing that I've taken off my shelf, which we will get to later, which okay. may have been written by a certain someone, which is very exciting. Um, oh, um, it's your book, by the way. So, um, anyway. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're like, oh, what is it? It's your book. It's, it's, it's your book. Um, so Beth is is joining me to chat all about Doctor Who, as we do every single time we do one of these podcasts. Um, but before we get in into the episode proper, um, uh, me and me and Fettin, uh, Mary Fetts from TikTok, did a very in depth discussion about the centenary last week. So we won't go too in depth this time. But I I wanted to ask you one question because it's coming up. Um, we don't really know a lot yet. Um, one, are you excited? And I did have another question, which is a strange one, because everyone always says, what What do you want to see in the centenary? I wanted to ask you, what do you not want to see in the centenary? Oh, yes, I'm excited. I'm so, so, so excited. And actually, Good. like, I think having Doctor Who on at this time of year, I was just saying to my housemate and my boyfriend, like, I'm so happy that it's on at this time of year, because it's like the coziest time. And I think Jodie's era really reminds me of like autumn, winter kind of coziness. Yes. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm re- just really excited about it, and I'm I, I'm I'm so like I can't wait to see how they include Tegan and Ace. Like, what is the wrap up for the Doctor and um, Yaz's story? Um, I'm terrified about it though because I think I'm going to be inconsolable. I think I'm not going to be able to. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to function. Um, but yeah, what do I not want to see? That's a very good question. I don't want to see too much fan wank. <laughs> but well. it depends, because obviously, like, I really loved all the stuff they did in Series 12 with, like, returning characters and everything. Mm-hmm. I think they all did it the right way. Um, and obviously with bringing Ace and Tegan back, like, I'm, I'm hoping that it's in a way that, like, gives them a fresh story and it actually adds to the plot rather than them just being there for the sake of being returning like I, I hope that it yeah hope that it's like for Yaz to be able to see a life after the doctor or for Yaz to to maybe have the realization that life with the doctor isn't forever and you know the doctor keeps telling her we can't do this and maybe yeah Tegan and Ace will help her realize that that's true um so yeah I don't want to see it be too uncomfortably fan ranking <laughs> yeah yeah no fair enough I think I think that's a lot of people's worry is like you're bringing back these two beloved characters like use them right like don't just bring them in as much as we all want to see Ace run around in the jacket with a baseball bat like we do a little bit but you know actually do something with them um but I so get what you mean about Jodie and those like autumnal vibes like just Sunday nights like full of a roast dinner yeah. Still lounging on the sofa in my pajamas, and then Doctor Who comes on. Oh, yeah. it just it's gives me nice those vibes. And her era is mostly because I guess Series Nine also aired at the end of the year, but I don't really get that from Series Nine. To be honest, I get like no. I think because Series Eleven and Flux both aired at the end of the year, and I feel like both of them have quite autumnally episodes in them. Like in my head, Arachnids in the UK and The Witchfinders feels really Halloweeny. Like both, even though they're quite far apart in the series, yeah. both feel really Halloweeny. And the same with Flux. Like Flux feels really maybe because of the Halloween apocalypse. Do you know what I mean? So all like yeah. with Jodie's era, I just like associate it with comfort and like like you say, like I'm exactly sitting down under a blanket after eating loads of food and just yeah. That's so, why I think Doctor Who should stay on a Sunday. Yeah. People, I know. I do people think people do that not actually, like me when I said that, but I think it should stay <laughs> on a Sunday. 
I love it on a Sunday. Yeah, because I I don't like I'm I don't go out that much, but Saturday nights I'm more likely to have plans than Sunday nights. So like I just exactly. feel like I'm rather it be on a Sunday. And it's a nice way to end the weekend, like when you have all your friends around to watch Doctor Who or you know, just we normally do like watch parties and stuff. So yeah. being able to have people around on a Sunday night, it's just like a nice way to end the weekend and yeah. yeah, I, I think you just say on Sunday too. <laughs> well, solidarity. I love it. <laughs> yeah, who um, knows what's going to happen a bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, who knows? Um, or who knew? Who Sorry, knew? I <laughs> I lo- no, I love it when people make the who knew joke. I mean, we're here to talk about you. So let's start with the very start. Um, mm-hmm. Doctor Who, how did you become a Doctor Who fan? Because uh, I love hearing these stories. Yeah. And I love it when there's out of the box ones, but I do also love that that old favourite of I started in two thousand and five with Rose, like me. Um yeah. so where where did you begin? Mine was weird actually, because I became a fan. I'd seen it, I remember really clearly because I my mum um I didn't have a dad growing up, so my mum was a single mum and like I would always stay at my aunties, my great aunties. On weekends like literally every weekend i would always be there most of the weekend um and i remember seeing the ending of aliens of london where the slovene is pinning that guy up against the wall like i remember seeing that i think my auntie just put it on because there's nothing else on tv and i was like omg what's this and then just like probably forgot about it um i didn't know what it was but i remember being like i was like reading something and i looked up and was like oh my god what's happening like what's going on and then i don't think i ever watched the second part or anything and then parting of the ways ended, and again, I was at my auntie's house, and I remember watching parting of the ways, or at least the latter half of it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Oh, I like the, I like this. I don't know what this is. I like it." And I remember cutting out a bit about it from her TV magazine, and then I put it with my other stuff at her house, and then forgot about it again. Literally, like, left my brain. Didn't even remember what it was. And then in oh. two thousand and six. I was walking home with my mum from school and we went into like a corner shop, um, a little bit like the one from Flux, where there's some tyrants eat all the time. And she was like, you can have a magazine. Like, so that was a real treat for me, like, because obviously she was a single mum with not a lot of money. So like, she was like, as a treat, we'll get you a magazine. And I picked out, out of all of the magazines, and this shop had a lot of magazines, like, you know, like wall-to-wall WH Smith type oh, stuff. Yeah. A lot of stuff. And for some reason, I picked out the sticker book, the Doctor Who series one and two sticker book, and I took it home. And I can't remember whether I knew that I'd already seen it on TV, made the connection and then chose it, or whether I just chose it because it looked cool and took it home. Literally don't know. Because I I feel like I maybe must have made the connection, so I don't know why I would have picked it up out of everything else. Um, And took it home, read it like cover to cover, was obsessed with collecting all the stickers, and I was like, now I must make an effort to watch this. Because in the end of the... I think it was... It covered series one... And then I think up to that age of feel or something, it was only the first bit of series two that it covered. So then I was mm. like, oh my God, like I need to watch this. This is the next episode that's on. Oh, it might be the school reunion. Um, and then I remember that Saturday, I was like, okay, now I'm sitting down for the first time to watch Doctor Who. And I think it was school yeah. reunion. That was like my first one where I was like, this is Doctor Who, I'm going to stand and watch it. Um, and then I did. And then I, yeah, never stopped watching it. <laughs> oh my God. That's a great story. I love that. And I love that the sticker book was the what a niche little yeah. bit of Doctor Who history to... To, yeah, to reel right? you in and I, actually I, I do always it. say that it was the sticker book that got me into it because I really don't remember those other bits very well so I'm yeah. always like if I didn't get that sticker book it wouldn't have really happened yeah I loved that sticker book and I only I was only reminded of it recently when I believe a mutual friend of ours Jared Groves yeah. um, brought an envelope full of stickers to the BFI and gave me them and yeah. I was just absolutely swooning over those stickers i was like oh my god this is the nostalgia um yeah. but yeah oh i loved those sticker books growing up um uh, oh it's like it's it was so i have it at my mum's somewhere because i don't think i ever finished it but it was really close and gerard yeah. came to my party a couple of weeks ago and brought me some of them and they were all like rose related ones and i was literally like oh my god these are so cool like why don't they do sticker books anymore because i would if i like as an adult i would still happily do a doctor who sticker book yeah, I've I'm, I'm I I can't do sticker books anymore because they just drain me of all of my money. Because I just I just I used to do football. I used to do World Cup sticker books as well. And oh my god, I used to spend so much money. Um, so I mean that's it, it's a lovely way to get into who. And mm. I'm I'm also intrigued as to how obviously it's 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 safe to say it snowballed from there. 
and it's now very intertwined with your life you know there's there's a lot of different doctor who projects that that, that i know of there's probably more um that you've worked on over the years like off the top of my head you know uh time team in doctor who magazine which shamefully i never never read because i've never actually owned an episode of doctor who magazine isn't that really weird i don't think that's weird i think it's um the thing is when we were younger and i we like i think i started buying doctor who magazine in 2006 and i was like oh it's a bit old for me but i'm like i'm gonna buy it anyway um (laughs) and i had a bit have always had it since then but it worked better before the internet you know like before i was chronically online and unless they've been exclusive stuff all the time to make it worth buying i don't really know how like it depends what the content is really like if they have like a six page interview with jody that wouldn't be online that you know that's it's hard it's hard to make a magazine i assume when everything's already on the internet yeah yeah i mean so i don't really blame you for not buying it because you can get everything you want anyway (laughs) yeah i mean it just sort of passed me by i was like i was such a doctor who adventures obsessive and I have my my mum has in a box at home, which is like at the other side of the country, uh, has in a box like apparently mint condition like a hundred epi- uh, issues of Doctor Who Adventures that I need to go through, and I would want them all because um, I'm so I'm so intrigued as to the kind of random shit I would have written in there as well. Yeah, and all the games you would have completed. All and the stuff. games, yeah, yeah, I mean... I'm jealous, I'm jealous. I'm so I remember I throwing really mine out. When I got to my teenage years, I literally remember <laughs> throwing them out, and I kept, I think, a couple of special ones. Like, I think the first ever issue I got, maybe a couple more, and I remember getting rid of mm-hmm. them being like, I need to get rid of some stuff. Because I was such a Doctor Who collector when I was, I mean, always, but especially when I was younger, I had too much stuff and I needed to get rid of some of it. And I was like growing up and stuff and I thought it would be helpful. And now I'm really devastated that I don't have them anymore. So yeah. you should do that. You should get them and make a video or a podcast. Oh, about yeah. Them. I have a, I've got a box of old Doctor Who stuff that my mum brought last time that's got like, like my remote control canine, a load of figures. I've been meaning to go through it for ages. And as well as that, you've done, you've done loads of other... Uh, Doctor Who related things. I love some of your articles that you've done for Radio Times as well. They are so good. I was reading another one of them today, um, which was about the historical figures, uh, the female historical figures in Jodie's era, which yeah. is a lovely article, and Thank everyone should you. check it out. Um, I actually have a question related to this. What female historical figures that haven't been in Doctor Who yet would you want to see explored in a show? Oh my god! Actually, I do have one, um, and so I don't know if you've heard of it. But there was a play on in the West End. What year was it? Twenty nineteen, and it was called Amelia, and it originally was uh, in Shakespeare's Globe, and they moved it to a theatre on the Strand. I can't remember which one it was called, um, and it was basically about this woman who was Shakespeare's like muse or like lover. I'm going to explain this really badly because I can't remember <laughs> it very well. But the whole play is about how she did a lot of work and a lot of poetry and a lot of, I think, some of Shakespeare's work. And he got all the credit for everything. I'm going to explain this really badly. I just want to quickly Google her because I don't want to get it wrong. (laughs) Um, But basically, I want to see, um, I want, I really want to see Doctor Who do that. Yeah. Um, Because I think there's something about... The way that Doctor Who has done historicals in Jodie's era particularly has been so good because having learned a lot about a lot more about history than I knew when I was younger, re-watching some of New Who's historical stuff and seeing the way that they treat historical figures that aren't actually good people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the way they the way that Winston Churchill is glamorized, yeah, monarchs and stuff. Whereas in The Witchfinders, for example, the the, the monarchy isn't as glamorized. And they actually, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, and so I feel like I would like Doctor Who to cover stories that aren't necessarily the same as what they've been doing throughout Chibnall's era, but cover, you know, you've already glamorized Shakespeare and stuff, but what's like the truth behind that? Yeah. Um, so her name was Amelia Bassano, and she was a poet, and she, she was speculated to be William Shakespeare's dark lady. People think that she, like some of the, uh, his sonnets were about her. Um, 
and her story and basically like she wrote a lot of her own poetry and a lot of her own stuff and her story's sort of been like erased erased from history almost so mm -hmm. i'd like to because i guess that's the thing right we hear a lot about like a lot of especially before chibnall's era we hear, we hear a lot about historical men but not necessarily like who made them who they were or like do you know what i mean like it's very much just glamorizing them as a person yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would like Doctor Who to do Amelia Bassano. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've explained that well enough. <laughs> that's great. Well, it's it's someone I've I've never heard of them, and I feel like they're, they're sometimes they're the best historicals. Is when you you have no idea because you get the education from the show, um, and that's lovely. Um, yeah, I lo I'd love that. That that'd be great. I'm actually li I've been listening today to um, a very Shakespeare heavy Big Finish, um, Ooh, time of, time of the Daleks. Which is, <laughs> it's it's a it's weird. I think basically they. I think Nick Briggs said, "I want to do the, the Daleks reading Shakespeare," and then they just built a story around that, which is great because hearing the Daleks doing Shakespeare <laughs> is very very funny. Um, so I do recommend it if if anyone if anyone's listening. But her inclusion would have been made it a lot better if I'm honest. Um, yeah. We've gone off on a few tangents, but I, I was careering towards your career and, and your your projects that uh, that you worked on regarding Doctor Who over the years. Um, like I said, there's so many to talk about, and we could be here for ages. But there, there's one in particular that that we have to talk about, mm -hmm. which is a very <laughs> very new project, which I'm very excited about. Um, because I've got it right here. And I, want to get I know, I've got one too. I don't know why, yes. so I thought I knew you'd have one. Yes, <laughs> we've both got it. Uh, so this is the Doctor Who quiz book by um, this up-and-coming author, Beth Axford. So you've written oh, a book. It's so cool seeing someone else holding it, honestly. Is it? It's, it I mean, it's, it's got pride. I Actually, I tell a lie because this hasn't been on my shelf because it's like barely been out of my hand because it's been oh. on my bedside table. Um, oh, that's so nice. Because I'm I've so been nice. just doing quizzes uh, before bed uh, every night. Because um, I'm a big nerd. Um, and that's who this book is for, is big old nerds. And it's a wonderful, wonderful quiz book. Um, tell us about this and how this came about, because I'm very intrigued. Oh, well, this is a, this is so, like, honestly, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I went into this year with like three resolutions for the year and I was like these are three things that want to happen this year one of them was to get a book deal or do a book and I wanted to do a doctor book um and this is not how I expected it to happen this literally came to me and um a an editor approached me and was like we're looking for a doctor who writer um and obviously like throughout the year I, I had been like trying to put my myself out there for more writing stuff mm -hmm. so that I could Kind of get more experience and because i really did like my next goal in life was to do a book um that's why i was doing the radio time stuff and pitching different places and things like that yeah and she approached me and was like this was i think this was literally the day before i went to liverpool to do the doctor who worlds of wonder exhibition and review it mm -hmm. for the radio time so it was like a crazy week and she was like we're looking for a writer we want to do a doctor who book would you be interested and i was like yes <laughs> yes please and then she was like well we want it to be a quiz book um we also want to have like games and stuff in it can you do it how would you do it and it was it was like I was the first person on their list and they they it wasn't a case of like we'll interview you and see if you could do it it was just like we want you to do it so that was really yeah. nice because it's like well, someone nice. just came to me and had faith enough in me that I could do it um which I think with these type of places because it's uh like a class is like a commercial book and it's for Christmas so I think occasionally publishers and people at these um publishing houses will look at trends so they see like doctor who's trending shoot get why is the doctor there's a special in october the 60th anniversary is next year and then they go out and they look for people who mm -hmm. like who is a writer who is someone that like has an audience of doctor who followers on twitter or anything like that um and that's sort of how they find people so that's how they reached out to me um and they were like you're a writer aren't you like you have writer in your bio and we've seen on your LinkedIn that you've got all these things that you've written like can you write this um and yeah so she was like uh how would you do it you know lay it out for me like how would you make this as a book so I was kind of like okay well I think they told me how many chapters they wanted and like how many words the book would be 
and I literally had six weeks to write it. So it was like a very, very small window of time. Like normally you get like a year to do a book. So it was like a very, very small window of time. Um, and I just kind of did like a chapter breakdown of how I do it because I think it's quite easy with something like this to just be like, oh, we'll do it in doctor order. Like we'll do a section per doctor or a section per era yeah. or something like that. I don't think that's the most successful way to make a Doctor Who book because if you're a person that hasn't seen Classic Who or you've only seen a bit of it, you're going to skip straight straight to the chapter with your Doctor in it or your mm-hmm. bit of Doctor Who that you've seen. So if you're like a new Who person, you might open that book and skip the first eight chapters if it's all yeah. Doctor-based. So I was like, I would rather do it as categories of things. If you're a Cyberman fan, you're more likely to know about Cyberman episodes you haven't seen. Do you know what I mean? That type of thing. Yeah. Like if we if we kind of split it up by like themes and characters, there will be something for everyone in each chapter, and people can also learn, and then they don't have to like skip whole chunks of the book. They can kind of do you know what I mean? So I yeah, thought that was like a yeah. more accessible way to do it. So I I think like the first chapter is like the Doctor's many faces. It's like about the Doctor and like the actors that play the Doctor in each incarnation, and then later on in the book you've got like Gallifrey and the Time Lords. There's a behind the scenes chapter. Um, and then I think my favourites were like, we've got Earth Invasions, uh, Planets and Worlds, Historical Adventures, Future Travels. It's kind of like more yeah. general, so it doesn't really close anyone off, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's so good. It's really, really good. Like, Thank it's really, you. really good. Cool. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it, because I actually haven't really had anyone's, loads of people have it now. And my friends have kind of looked at it, but I haven't had anyone's like solid opinion of what it's like as a cohesive thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I've, it's a, it's a big old book as well, and the I fact that you turn this around in like six weeks is insane. Yeah, it's hard. It's got a great knock. Um, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the fact that you turn this around so quick is inc- insane. Absolutely insane. Um, so obviously, I haven't worked my way all the way through it yet. You yeah, know, it's, who quite, knows? it's quite a lot. Maybe the it? second half it really tails off. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but it, it's so much fun. And as someone like I just as someone with ADHD, I quizzes really calm me down. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that is an ADHD thing or if I'm just a bit weird because I'm quite I think new it's to mindfulness thing. Yeah, I mean, I just like you need to switch off. Yeah, yeah, and like me and my girlfriend do quizzes all the time, and but also as she's not a massive Doctor Who fan, it's very hard for her to quiz me on Doctor Who. Yeah. When most of the quizzes that you find online are, what does TARDIS stand for? And it's like, it just ends there and there's no like progressive. Yeah. Like, that question like, is in the book, but in the really that's easy fine. I mean, it's got to be in the book. It's got to be in the yeah. book, but you know, there's, it, it doesn't progress from there. It's sort of like, you get to the last question. It's like, who played the ninth doctor and i'm like oh, yeah i know all this i want to challenge me and the fact that there's so many questions in this as well means that this is this is just hours of fun i'm gonna i'm gonna be so cruel because you're also gonna be the first guest who's been quizzed every time they've been on the podcast because you, <laughs> yeah, I, because quiz that. chibnall was a thing when you when you were on here oh quiz yeah chibnall sort of phased was- out Let's yeah. let's temporarily bring back Quiz Chibnall. Because um, oh okay. <laughs> I'm going to quiz you from your own book. And I'm just going to give you a few questions. Um, I'm scared. I was going to say pick a page, but you did write it, so you might remember the page numbers. Um, oh, I don't trust me. I had no, I had no uh, say okay. in what page Go numbers. Pick, well. pick a number. Pick a number. Um, oh, God, how many pages are on Um, 111. 111? <laughs> right. I'm scared. Could be, well, I just want to say as well that the thing that I most loved about it and love about it is that it's not just quiz book. So you have three, two or three facts in every chapter about the theme of the chapter. Yes. You have um, an introduction to every chapter, which I basically got to just like bang on about how amazing that particular thing from Doctor Who was and like what it means to people. That gave me the chance to like really express my voice and how. Mm-hmm. And like what I felt about Doctor Who as well. Yeah. There's an introduction to the book, and there's also stuff like there's games, word searches, and my favourite thing, which was like personality quizzes. So there's yeah. a which incarnation are you quiz? There's a which incarnation of the Master are you? There's even a, a crossword of Razalon, I think. Yeah, there is. Oh, <laughs> nice, very nice. Well, I've I've gone to the nearest to 111, which is 112, okay. with a question on it. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to ask you the three questions on this page. 
So, oh, I'm it's scared. About, it's about the master. <laughs> this is the master section. This was my least favorite chapter to write. This is the side Well, this is going to challenge you. Um, thankfully, I think I know the answers, so I don't have to read around in the back of the book. So it's fine. Um, let's hope I do anyway. Uh, question number one. The Master has been the Doctor's frenemy on screen for over 50 years. In which episode are we first introduced to the character? Oh, fuck. What <laughs> <laughs> on the answer to um, You also can't complain that this is rigged because you wrote the questions. I so. wrote this and I, and I feel like I know the answer because I like put so many... Is there multiple choice this one, is it? This one is no. not multiple choice, no. Oh my god, I've just completely like forgotten. Is it Spearhead from Space? It's not. What is why is my brain my brain is like switched <laughs> off? I literally can't remember. What is it? Do you want me to say? Oh no, it's it's um oh my god, what's it called? Oh my god, it's gonna really annoy me because I've like I've got it on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember. Mm. T. Like it's gone. It's just gone. <laughs> Oh, what is it? Oh my god, I don't know. I literally can't remember. This is so bad because I did so much research and I feel like the amount of research I've done, my brain has just gotten rid of it because it's you've too just, much. You've just malfunctioned. I, I I think if I had to write a quiz book, a Doctor Who quiz book in six yeah. weeks, I would delete every bit of Doctor Who knowledge from my brain. I think I so have. I think it's fair enough. That's really annoying. Why can't I remember? Yeah, I it's, can't remember. It's an it's an of the title. It's a something of the something. Mm. <laughs> I literally forgot all episode. Oh, is it? No, can't be that. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to say the wrong thing now. Can you tell me? Terror of the Autons. Oh, I knew it was an Auton one. Oh, it's I, yeah. You did. You were close. You were very close. To be well, fair. Well, pretty close enough. Um, not, that's really not embarrassing. Close you can pull this back. I think two, two out of three is fine. Over the years, the Master has teamed up with many a villain to help them take down the Doctor, or worse, the universe. Which enemy did the Master ally with during survival? Is it A, the Cheetah People, cheetah B, the Cybermen? Yes, it's the Cheetah, it's cheetah People. The cheetah people. <laughs> See, you got that one. So, God, I, can't, I literally can't believe I got the first one wrong. Like My brain just went blank. We can pull this back. It's fine. We can do this. <laughs> This just shows how challenging this book can be mentally. That, it's not, that is not a very challenging question. Well, maybe it is. I think <laughs> the thing is, like, especially with classic Who, I find it hard to retain as much information about it. Like new Who, I could tell you anything, but because I haven't yeah. watched every classic Who episode over and over and over, my brain doesn't remember it. Like apparently, I I'm only the remember same. the things unless I binged it loads of times. I'm the same. I'm I'm very good with episode titles. That's probably one of my only things that I'm good at. Yeah. But if you ask me. What happens in like part three? Oh, I'm gone. No, like, I'm, I cannot remember. I can give you a loose outline. Um, your last question, which, which, you know, I don't <laughs> want to put any pressure on you. I oh. think is make or break. Oh, which, I'm scared. Which incarnation of the master gave Clara Oswald the doctor's <laughs> phone number? In order to Missy. manipulate, it's missing. Yes, there we go. Sorry. I just you jumped in and like you finished. No, Do you know fine. what? This, is, this was so embarrassing because at my party, Gerard Groves was like, I'm going to challenge you on your own quiz book. Like, basically, I got all of my friends to do like uh, rounds against each other from my book. Yeah. And Gerard was like, I want to do one against you. And then we did it and I got every single one right. And like before Gerard on all of them and like won the round, <laughs> like literally all of them. <laughs> And I'm really annoyed that I didn't get that right now. Because I, I, I mean, just wish you could have all seen me at my party. <laughs> I could, I'll, I'll just cut it. It's fine. I think it just we'll it goes it. to show, though, because while I was making the book, I was so scared that it was all going to be too easy. But I think it just goes to show that, like, no matter how well you like Doctor Who, when you're put on the spot, it's all like, gone. You know what I mean? It's like just, it's kind of like, not only is it a memory test, but it's also like your brain might go blank or you might not remember it. Like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So hopefully but people won't find it too easy. <laughs> it, well, it's it's definitely not, and this is absolute buckets of fun, and I'm gonna go full salesman now. It's perfect for Christmas. It's a yeah, perfect it is. Christmas yeah. book. Um, 
please ju- just I'll allow you a little uh, a little pluggy segment now as I hold the book up to the camera um, <laughs> because I forgot to write it down when is the book out and where can you get it it is out on the 13th of October, so a week from now, but you're probably going to put this out there at the time. So it's out on the 13th of October, and you can buy it. This is an exclusive, actually, because I haven't said this before anywhere, but it's going to be in Asda. So Asda are going to sell it at, like, 270 of their stores. Um, so it's going to be at Asda. It's going to be at Fit and Planet. Um, it's going to be at Waterstones, it's going to be in the works, so it's going to be in a lot of um, shops and and online on Amazon and everything as well. That is amazing. That's incredible. Your book on the shelves. How cool is that? That is so, It's going to so be cool. weird going into a supermarket and seeing it because that's where I used to get all yeah. my books when I was a kid. So Yeah, and now you're one of them. And now you're one of the books. And also, <laughs> lovely cover. The cover is, is beautiful. Yeah. It's so Absolutely cute, isn't it? And I, their design team is amazing. And they were like, what should we put on the cover? We were, they they thought to put, they wanted to put five doctors on the cover. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think we should just do Tom Baker, David Tennant, Jodie Whittaker. And then they were like, no, we're going to do five. But then when they actually sent it to me, they only did three. I think they just put the other two on the back. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. see them So I think they look good, though, because I think it represents three different, the most popular, well, I feel like the most popular eras, right? Like we've got, David yeah. Baker, who everyone's, who everyone's doctors, and then you know, current era. So yeah, yeah I really I love, love it. it. I love the cover. I love it, and yeah, I mean, I think this episode it, it'll be out either around when this episode comes out or within a couple of days. So please go out and and buy it or pre-order it if it's not out yet, because um, it's great fun. It's great fun. Um, now we've got a couple of features. Uh, to attend to the the first one being instead of a collection of quiz questions I don't know where I'm going with this instead of a collection of quiz <laughs> no, questions, that was good. <laughs> it's a collection of stories from Doctor Who no. and it's the DVD collection by the power of Grayskull the unicorn and the wasp or lover monsters which one do you think I prefer no, I mean, which one do you want to watch first? You are pulling my leg. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, the DVD collection is a collection of stories of quintessential who, or who that means something to my wonderful guests, and we have a new one submitted each week, and this week is no different. So, Beth, what story would you like to submit to the DVD collection? I would like to submit the Witchfinders to the DVD collection. <laughs> That is a cracker. That is yeah. a, that is. I did a I did a big like new Who rewatch mm. last year, and it became a bit of a thing on Twitter. I would sound the underrated banger klaxon. Mm-hmm. I am sounding the underrated banger klaxon because absolutely. Which finders is, is 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 a great story. So what 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 made you want to pick it? So we're well. So I'm also want to rewatch. Um, unfortunately it's taken me a year to do this because I'm doing it with my housemate and my partner and like none of our schedules ever match up so we yeah. started series one last August and we just got to Spyfall um, we had a big break at some point to watch Christmas films and stuff but um, I chose The Witchfinders because I there's loads of Doctor Who episodes that are like really like considered um, maybe not so good or like really niche ones or like ones that are my favourites and when I was doing the rewatch, I discovered loads of like gems I just hadn't really thought about as much before. And Witchfinders was one of those in that I loved it when it aired and I've loved it ever since. And I've read the Target novel a few months ago, but we got to it, I think last week and we watched it. And I was like, oh my God, this might be one of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who. It's certainly my favorite from Jodie's era. I might reevaluate that once I finish the rewatch, but it's my favorite from Jodie's era. And it's just, I like, I just was watching it. I was like, I think this might be one of my favorites ever. It's got everything that I like about Doctor Who in it. So I think also when I finished it and I was reading on TARDIS Wiki, found out that it was the first Doctor Who episode since Enlightenment to be directed and written by women. And I think you can really tell. I think you can really tell with the way that it's handled and the way that the storyline of it being the witch trials is written is so, it's just like, it just, you can just tell, you can tell that it's written by women. And I think it's, it's just got everything. It's like, it's got, I love historical Doctor Who stories. I like that they approached um, the monarchy in a way that didn't like glamorize it. Um, I loved, 
I love the like the sets and the um, locations. I just I just think it's just like a perfect cozy little Doctor Who story, and I think yeah. it addressed a lot of what you kind of want Doctor Who to address if the if the Doctor becomes a woman mm-hmm. um, in a way that you could just not do this story if it you couldn't do the story in the same way with any other Doctor. It just wouldn't yeah. work. Like the this is the only Doctor that would be put on a ducking stool. Do you know what I mean? So I I love that, and I thought that like everybody had such a good. Everybody had a lot to do. Like Yaz, Yaz's storyline is really good in that in that episode where you start to see that she's been bullied as a kid, and you see like I love how in every episode of series eleven you get her police training coming out, and she's just like full on police mm-hmm. woman mode. Um, and you have the storyline with Ryan and King James, um, and Graham being the Witchfinder General, like that whole thing about the Doctor not being able to be the Witchfinder General and stuff like that. It's such an interesting dynamic, and it just uh, I just think it's such a good Doctor Who story. I loved Joy Wilkinson's writing. Um, yeah, I just really loved it. I got to the end of it I and I was like, too. this is one of my favourite stories. I love this. <laughs> yeah, it's so cosy, but it's grim. It's quite, it's very grim, actually. But <laughs> I don't know why the grimness is, is so cosy. But it, I think that that's the one story for me that typifies that like autumnal <laughs> feeling that we were talking about earlier. That's just the cosiness that... It's very, I also get like big, like classic who, it gives me like big, like 80s historical vibes, like Peter yeah. Davison era, like um, like The Awakening and things like that. Yeah. Um, there's some really, those vibes there, I love it. Um, and King James, what are those, it's one of the best supporting characters yeah. we've ever had in Doctor Who. Alan Cumming chews everything in that I just and it's so nice to have a Doctor Who story that is about a monarch but it isn't just like like lol omg it's like the queen or the king like it's it's literally like they're they're there to show actually like the brutality of the monarchy and like yeah the hit like I feel like you know we love seeing Queen Elizabeth or Queen Victoria or Winston Churchill or whatever but seeing these leaders in a way that's just like, OMG, the Doctor's Bessie May or the Doctor's Enemy or whatever. Like, it doesn't ever mm-hmm. really, like, it's never peeled back that that kind of what Doctor Shlatt should be doing is educating people on what these monarchs did, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, showing that, um, I found that really, really interesting. And I just really, I just really love that story. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And the, the Target novel is just even so better. Good. It's just so, so good. So good. Definitely um, going to reboot that soon. Yeah, I, 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 I would love to, and I only finished it last week. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a banger, absolute banger. Um, and that means within about a month, Jody, Jody, at the beginning of like September or August, had no stories in the DVD collection, and now <laughs> she is skyrocketed with three in three episodes. I think everyone's going back and rewatching and reevaluating Must now. Must be. Must be. Well, like, I... Yeah, we've we've gone from nothing and now we've got we've got Spyfall, we've got Fugitive the oh, I can't say it. I can't Fugitive, fugitive of the Jadoon <laughs> and the Witchfinders, which is a lot easier to say. Yay. So wonderful. And it's great to celebrate Jodie because she's about to pop off. So it's a shame. I'm sad too. Um, so that was the DVD collection. Uh, great pick. And um, we are coming close to the end of the show. I'm gonna we're gonna squeeze in some Twitter questions um, from that fiery hellscape, bloody Twitter. For God's sake, bloody Twitter. So first question from. Mm. Jack at an underscore awful underscore Jack, friend of the show, host of an awful lot of running podcast. Um, he said, brilliant guest. Uh, so looking forward to getting my grubby big hands on Beth's Doctor Who quiz book, then utterly failing worse than I would at the quiz of Rassilon. Me not smart, is what he said. Um, <laughs> Me neither, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. He's also said, Beth, what's your favourite question in the book? And what is your favourite answer in the book? Oh, if I say an answer, that's going to give something away. Um, my favourite question. Oh my god, that's so hard because there's literally like over two hundred questions I think in the book. Um, actually, there is a favourite question because I I 
it's like personal to me. So I, mm. when I was a kid, so, you know, I mentioned earlier that I um, used to go stay at my auntie's every weekend and that's yeah. how I saw Dr. Who the first time. So when I was a kid, she always took me to Arendelle Castle um, and like her daughter lived in Littlehampton. So that whole area, I kind of went on holiday all the time, like every year with her. And I, I didn't really go on holiday a lot with my mum. So we, we would kind of go there. Mm. Um, and she she took me to Arendelle Castle a couple of times and she basically passed away in 2015. And I was like, I really want to go back there because it reminds me of her and I just kind of wanted to experience it again. And while I was writing the book, I saw, like I found out that they filmed Doctor Who there and I didn't know. So I did a question, I can't find it, um, which I'm spoiling a question in the book now, but the question is basically which Doctor Who story is filmed at Arendelle Castle. So that's one of my favourite ones because it's quite I don't personal. know the answer. Um, I recently went there for my birthday. <laughs> but, well, not for my birthday. I was going there for my birthday to spend time where she, where she had taken me. Mm -hmm. But um, it was it kind of was really fitting because it was Doctor Who's 25th anniversary story and it was my 25th birthday. Oh, oh yeah. I know. Now I know. Yeah, you know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and it's yeah. a really cute story. Like, I think, I don't think a lot of people like it, but I really, I just thought it was a really fun story. Um, yeah. We visited some of the locations. So I wrote that kind of like to get a reference to her in the book without anyone really knowing, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> that, that really, really is lovely. Um, my favourite answer one of my chapters that I really enjoy doing is Defenders of the Earth because it's basically like, it's like a spin-off chapter, but it's including unit. So it covers unit, Torchwood, Sarah Jane, class and redacted. Um, and the, the answer that I'm, my favourite answer is, this is just, I mean, this is going to ruin the question, is that uh, the Brigadier and Kate Stewart have met 11 incarnations of the Doctor altogether, both of them. Wow. <laughs> That's mad. Yeah. Eleven. Is it a family question to write? Yeah. Wow. Um, I think. Did I just read that right? <laughs> yeah. Um, even... Oh yeah, because I keep forget about Kate. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a great answer. So Kate and the Brigadier of Met. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. I, I just thought that was a really interesting um, like thing I hadn't thought about until I was writing the question. Yeah, very very interesting. I remember I I was working out like. There's that big gap where the Brigadier went away and then came back during like the fifth yeah. Doctor's era. And that gap like is genuinely not that different to Kate Stewart from her last appearance to yeah. Flux, which is mad. Like yeah. it feels so long in classic. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And she's back again. She's back again this month. Which is exciting. Um we just watched Resolution and it's so nice watching that and knowing what they do with Unit later. Because yeah. I think it just at the time felt so wrong and weird and stupid. And now it makes so much sense. Like you had a plan for Unit. Yeah. Which is nice. Absolutely love it. Love it. And I, I love Unit. I want to see more Unit. And we are seeing more Unit because, you know, we see things behind the scenes. Um, and uh, next question is mm -hmm. from Will Shaw at Will Ooh. underscore S underscore seven um, on Twitter. Uh, they've asked, what makes for a good episode to write a quiz question about? Um, that's really hard because you can, I mean, you can write a quiz question about anything if you... Mm -hmm. You know, you can pull out anything. Um, what makes for a good episode? I think actually, because I read this question on Twitter before we, um, before you asked this, but with writing quiz questions, is that you can take concepts and characters and moments out of a story that you might otherwise like not enjoy, but actually, you're when you're writing the question, you're like, oh, that's quite an interesting concept. Like you could be like, mm -hmm. I'm just trying to think of an episode that people don't like. Um, you could be like, in what episode do the trees save the earth? Do the trees come and save the earth from a solar flare or whatever it was, a solar yeah. I can't remember. And like that's a really interesting concept. A lot of people don't like in the forest of night. I I love him in the forest of night. But um you can ask those types of questions and ask about so I guess like it doesn't really matter if it's do you know what I mean? Like it could yeah. really be anything. Like it's not like um I think it's more interesting concepts because there are some episodes that we all like really, really love that you could ask a question about, but maybe like the, you know, the concepts might not be as exciting. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think it just really depends on what the actual ideas are in the episode, whether or not the episode, does it really matter if the episode's good or not, or if it's interesting? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, any sense. Yeah. No, it does. It definitely does make sense. It definitely does. Like I know a lot of people ha- like don't like Kill the Moon, but uh, I mean they're wrong. But yeah. they <laughs> um, like that. That's an episode where the concept. There is so many quiz questions you could write about Kill the Moon. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's it's interesting, isn't it? It's an, it's interesting that um, you know, a a good episode. Not necessarily great. I can't talk tonight. A good episode, not necessarily great for quiz questions, but mm-hmm. can be, and yeah. vice versa. Um, it's just you can pick anything out of an episode and talk about yeah. it. It's kind of like, I guess, episodes with big ideas and big characters are obviously easy to ask. It's easy to ask questions about because you're like, all right, well, I remember the mm-hmm. ting from that story, so I use the ting yeah. or whatever. We all remember the ting. We love Who the ting. <laughs> love the ting. Um, and then we've got one final question, which I think this is this is my foray. Um, you know, th- these are my first steps into hard hitting journalism, asking the important questions and getting to the heart. <laughs> you know, you write for the Radio Times, but I'm coming for the crown with mm-hmm. the help of Joseph Lidster. Um, you know, everyone's favourite uh, Sarah Jane writer, undoubtedly mine anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, at Joseph underscore Lidster on Twitter, as if you didn't already know. Um, Joseph has asked a very important question. Mm-hmm. When are we going for a coffee? Yeah, I don't know. Because I think I told him that I'd go for a coffee, well, that we would have coffee like last <laughs> December and we haven't done it. So soon, because I just I actually just got a new job. So between jobs, when I have some time off, we will go for a coffee, <laughs> which should be Good. towards the end of October. There we go. Lovely. Well, I hope <laughs> you enjoy your coffee, guys. Thanks. Um, we'll have to take a selfie and be like, we finally got that coffee. Thanks yeah, to Yeah, do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who knew is promoting you two getting a coffee? So go and get a coffee. So we're we're coming we're coming close to the end of the show, um, which is sad. It's always a sad time, but it is also a happy time because it means we get to take a little trip down that wonderful corridor of fame. Have you ever been limited by who you were before? One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting tear. Sarah J. Do I have the right? For some people, small, beautiful events is what life is all about. Yes, an anniversary compared to us. Ten million years of absolute power. That's what it takes to make it really possible. A great decision came from the person. Like a huge boulder dropped in a lake. When it was a child, this dream that made him a doctor. Corridor of Fame is a basically a Hall of Fame for Doctor Who, um, and down this corridor there are many portraits of of the greats from Doctor Who. Um, there's so many names in there now that it's actually getting quite difficult for my guests to determine who's in and who's not. So I apologise um, because you know the list is getting long, um, but let's keep it going. And let's add another name in there. So, Beth, who would you like to submit to the Corridor of Fame? Yeah, so when you asked me this, I kind of was trying to think of someone who's like a little bit of an unsung hero. Um, mm. And I would like to add Nikki Wilson to the Corridor of Fame. Right. Nikki Wilson has been a script editor. So she, I think she started out as a script editor on Doctor Who in like Russell's era and on Sarah yeah. Jane's stuff. And then I think she became producer later I can't remember at what point maybe at the beginning of Jodie's era and then she was excerpt producer on Flux mm-hmm. and I think she's like definitely one of like I think the thing is when you look at Doctor Who when you look at the main um like directors and writers and people that make it there are there are women there but a lot of them just like don't seem to see the same recognition yeah. I don't know if it's because they're not at the forefront of it like maybe if the maybe if uh you know 
the showrunner or a lot of the all the main writers were like women maybe you would be like okay there's more women that work on Doctor Who but she's one of those people that I think is a really good example of women who have worked on Doctor Who for a really long time and have like worked on it so in different capacities and like worked worked her way up on the show and like when you watch her in interviews and stuff because she's in a lot of the behind the scenes stuff for Jodie Zero that I've just been watching she's mm-hmm. so passionate about the show really cares about it she like you know she's one of us really and has been yeah. been there this whole time on New Who and I just think she's a bit on a bit of an unsung hero because I don't really know many people if I said her name to them that they would really know who she was they'd maybe know her name but they wouldn't maybe know that she's an exec producer or mm-hmm. script editor all of this amazing stuff that she's done on the show um I would love to know like how much of her is in it like what bits that she brought to the table yeah. but I guess we, we don't that's the thing we just don't know that as much but I think when you think about Doctor Who there's so many people that are, have like worked on it for a long time you're like yeah there are Doctor Who person. I just don't think she gets that same recognition, so I wanted to put her in the corridor of fame. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful pick. I did have a little peek at the credits, and there are so many on there that I can't even make sense of it. She yeah, she's, she's done been a lot. on the show for so long, and the fact that it's very rare to find someone I think that's been on the show in all three eras of New Who, mm-hmm. and has sort of lasted all of this time and has sort of progressively gone up the ranks i mean started started a script editor which is quite a, a, a heavy role in doctor who anyway but um yeah so many credits and i feel like it, it is one of those names that, that goes under the radar because uh, especially with doctor who i feel i don't think any other program on the planet puts more focus on showrunners than doctor yeah. who does like they get so much press and so much attention for better or for worse like they i mean mainly for worse they get they get absolutely yeah. absolutely tortured most of the time especially over the past few years um and yeah it's a hard thing to be in the spotlight and maybe that's why there yeah. are women like nikki wilson that don't put themselves in the spotlight because you know or my I, friend gabby I can't who, blame her yeah like my friend gabby has just worked on doctor who since 20 end of 2017 i don't think anybody even knew like she was basically like mm-hmm. the brand manager editorial person and she yeah. never put herself out online and was like, this is what I do. Because I think yeah. it's hard for for women to do that in, yeah. in, a, in a world like Doctor Who. And it's not always. Sometimes it's like, you know, it's not everyone that would be hateful. But there is a chance mm-hmm. of that. And that does happen. And, and like, I'm, it doesn't surprise me to find out that there are like women behind the scenes that, that don't get as much recognition because it's kind of harder. Maybe there are yeah. other reasons. Maybe it's just, you know, she might, might just think of it as like her job. And I don't know. But I, I yeah, mm-hmm. I just think. Definitely yeah, but it's it, it's nice as well because it's it's nice to to remember that you know it's not just like Chris Chibnall in a room making Doctor Who on his own yeah, and he's exactly. not the one making every decision and yeah. it, it's <laughs> nice for the fact of oh maybe people can give him a break and give everyone else a break who's making the show but also that, that there's so many voices that go into this program yeah. and that sort of community is at the heart of the show it always has been um mm-hmm. whether it's the fans or the people making it um yeah. and yeah it's a great pick a great pick definitely yeah. an unsung hero <laughs> and who knows nikki wilson may just work on the show forever because she's been there for so long yeah um, yeah amazing absolutely amazing great pick absolutely great pick yeah. and um it We've come to the end of the show. I mean, it's it's been wonderful to have you on. Um, thank, thank you for joining you. me. Um, before we go, I do have one last question, mm-hmm. which I ask everybody. Um, but obviously, this this took a break during flux, so mm-hmm. you d- you didn't have to answer it then. But now you do. Um, this is the trade off for not having quiz channel. Um, <laughs> roughly in a sentence. Mm-hmm. What does Doctor Who mean to you? That's basically what my whole book is about, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's this, guys. I wrote an introduction to the book, which is basically about like what Doctor Who means to me and, and, and the fandom. And then like every se- like I said, every section has, you know, what do the Daleks mean to us as a monster or a villain and all that. Sort of so like that, a lot of the book has got that sort of thing in it. Um... What does Doctor Who mean to me? I think 
it's hard to, it's so hard to say it one sentence. Um, a place of hope where there has rarely, where there rarely is any in life, if that makes sense. It's a place, it's a place of hope where so much of life is so difficult. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a lovely answer. That's a lovely that's answer. Was like, and, how do I explain that? <laughs> and again, for more on that, you know, read the book. If you want to know more, that's a lovely little one sentence tidbit. Um, but it's been an absolute joy having you on. And it's been an absolute joy delving into this. Um, Going to plug it again. It's coming out. Did you say it was the 13th? 13th of October. Yeah. 13th of October. So I imagine by the time this is out, it'll be either on or around when this is coming out. So go out and grab yourself a copy at go go down to Asda or Waterstones. Go and get you it. You can literally get it in How Asda. How exciting is that? Yeah. How exciting is that? And it's got a really it's it's got a nice new book smell. I'm not gonna lie. Love a new book it smell. It has such a good smell. When yeah. I opened it, I was like, oh my oh. god, it smells. Like, it just but... smells like water stands, and <laughs> I does. love that. Um, but yeah, this is such great fun, and I am always eager to see what you do next because it's always very exciting. Whether it be this or whether it be one of your Radio Times articles, I even was listening to you debating on on the radio about Doctor Who, which was so much that. fun, so much fun to listen to. Um, so if that's still available anywhere, go hunt that down because because that's great fun. <laughs> I might have to post it somewhere because I think somebody recorded it for me. But um, yeah. I, I don't like listening to my voice. So I was like, I probably won't ever listen to that debate back. But um, Yeah, me neither. But I do this. <laughs> so, so, um, no, but you have a good voice. You have like a good, strong, like I can imagine you reading like audiobooks and stuff. Like I could listen oh, to your voice. You. you know what I mean? Thank but you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, if you ever write a book and need someone to read the audiobook, I, I'm there. I'll there we it. go. Sorted. There we go. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, again, it's been lovely having you on. Before you go, this is your time to plug. Um, obviously, again, plug the book again. Go for it. Um, but just <laughs> plug whatever you want, wherever people can find you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you can buy the book in Asda, Food and Planet, Waterstones, The Works from the 13th of October. Um, and you can find me at Oh My Stars on Twitter with a zero and a four. You'll have to work that out yourself. <laughs> or be yeah, wherever they go. Um and also, I also do a Doctor Who project with my friend Imogen, where she illustrates Doctor Who poems and words and things that I write. And that's yes. at Doctor Who on Instagram. Yes, okay. I've, I <laughs> forgot to mention that. So oh, no, it's okay. We, have, we don't do them that often, to be honest, so it's hard they, to remember. <laughs> they are so beautiful. They are lovely. And they are on my list of things to buy because I want to flood this wall with prints and things. Um, so I want to get get one for for somewhere back here, something Jodie related. Um, oh, that's great, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and all of the links and everything, I'll put the link to the book, I'll put your Twitter, and I'll put uh, the link to your Radio Times articles and things like that. It'll all be in the description. So if you want to check out more of Beth's stuff, have a look down below. Um, and you've been listening to Who Knew, a Doctor Who podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Ryan Carr. You can find the podcast at Who Knew Podcast on Twitter as well. I'm now delving into TikTok. Um, so I, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but there'll be there'll be there'll be podcast clips and I'll probably just do stupid little videos on there as well. Um, so you can find that at Who New Podcast again. Um, you can email us at Who New DW Pod and you can support us on Patreon for as little as a pound a month. Uh, you can get extra little goodies, you can get early access to these podcasts. Um, you may be listening to it now early so good for you if you are um but obviously times are tough there's no obligation but it's there if if you want to if you want to back the pod and you can even buy a t-shirt as well uh with our, our lovely little logo on you want one you can get really? one i want one too i haven't got one yet i oh should God, probably no. buy one of my <laughs> i really need to get some of my own merch but i have to buy it i don't get it for free um yeah so, <laughs> yeah i'll I'll, uh, I'll have to buy it but i also feel a bit is that a bit wanky just no, yeah, I've got merch. a Time Ladies mug from when I did the well, Time Ladies. There you go then. I'm gonna, <laughs> I've got to do it. I've got to do it. I've got to get some of my own merch. I've got to get a hoodie or something. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and the, you've been listening to, to Who Knew. Beth, thank you once again for, for coming for on. It's me. been an absolute pleasure. Um, we'll be back next week uh, with a very fun episode with the writer of the TV movie, 
Matthew Jacobs. And That's uh cool. the, Yeah, and also Matthew's co director, Vanessa Yule, from their new documentary, Doctor Who Am I, which is very good. I've seen it. Oh, have you? That documentary is out in the cinemas on the same day as my book. <laughs> oh my god! Well, there you go. So I don't know if I'm going to get to see it. <laughs> oh no! Well, think. Hopefully, you do get to see it because it, it's very, very good. It's really, really good. Um, so anyway, I can't say anything else like that. Um, but thank you all for listening. Thank you, Beth, once again for joining me, and I'll see you all next time. Massive thank you to all of our patrons, and especially Cal King. If you want to become a patron, you can join for as low as £1 a month and get loads of benefits and support the pod. Check out the link in the description. Thanks for listening to Who Knew, a Doctor Who podcast. You can check us out wherever you get your podcasts and now on YouTube. Please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you can, as it really helps us out. And a massive thanks to the Sononauts for lending their cover of the Doctor Who theme to be the theme for the podcast.